Hey everybody and welcome to the Hack My Homestead podcast. This is Sean Mills and today is Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. Today I'm going to do a rundown of the Self-Reliance Festival. So I actually was able to attend the Self-Reliance Festival in Camden, Tennessee, as well as the pre-festival Radio Made Easy course by Evan Dixon as well as the post-festival chicken processing workshop uh, that was actually led by Joel Salatin. And so just going to run through kind of that that whole process. Uh, you know, I posted the last podcast last Monday and Tuesday, drove down to Georgia to uh, attend a, a medical um, appointment with my father, who's in a wheelchair full time. And so, uh, by the time I got back home, uh, ended up having to do an uh, unplanned additional trip to Alabama to kind of just get the last of the bit of the stuff out. And, uh, then, then I came home Wednesday, self-reliance festival, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then yesterday on Tuesday, we drove down to Alabama to actually close on selling the house. So, I'm glad that that Alabama house sale portion of my life is now complete. I can now focus on getting some stuff done that I want to get done here on the uh, property in Tennessee. And uh, I can pay my Jeep off, which was the last little bit of um, secured debt that we had because the homestead is actually paid off. And, uh, And so, you know, anytime you can pay off a debt like that, it's a really, really good feeling. So payment is in process and I think it'll post by the end of the week and we'll be, we'll be debt free there. So, uh, really, really excited about that. But yeah, so no, without any further ado, let's get into it. On Thursday and Friday, there was a class called Zero to Hero uh, Radio with Evan Dixon from RadioMadeEasy.com. And I will tell you that if you are interested in this subject, uh, in the UHF, VHF, and even a little bit of HF radio, uh, you need to take a class led by Evan. I could not believe how easy he made everything. I've always thought that homestead communication was a bit of a soft spot for us here because there's places on the property that you don't have very good cell service. And, you know, so if you have a storm or something, it's nice to have the ability to communicate if all of the cell phone towers in your, your general area are down. Now, we do have Starlink uh, internet, which is nice because that doesn't rely on ground infrastructure, or the ground infrastructure that it does rely on is right on our roof. And so that's kind of nice to have that. But in terms of just, you know, conversational hey, we're doing good, hey, are you okay uh, with the neighbors? Or even if I'm down in the bottom of one of the draws uh, and and trip and twist my ankle or something to be able to call uh, the kids or my wife or one of the neighbors and say, hey, can you come help me get out of here because I can't walk up this super steep hill is a big deal. And so I had heard about Evan. I'd met him several times, but I had never taken this course and I will tell you that it was just phenomenal. He knows his stuff forwards and backwards. He's taught this course enough to where he really understands 
kind of what your next question is. There were several times where he was getting into a subject and I thought of a question and before I could ask it, he was answering it. He's, you know, you're probably thinking blah, 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 blah. And then he goes into answering the question that I was just writing down on my paper to ask later. And so he, he, he covers all the bases. He gives you a significant amount of knowledge and then you actually run a couple scenarios. So Thursday we got the down and dirty on how the radios work and kind of the differences between the different bands and things like that. And then we actually received our radios and, you know, under, you know, got to start understanding how the radio itself worked, what the buttons were for and things like that. He gave us a little bit of homework, which was, you know, programming our, our radio so that we could attach to one of the local uh, repeaters. And then, we on the way in Friday, we were actually talking to each other on the radio. So that was kind of neat. And then on Friday, we went a little bit deeper into the ham side. So the, the UF side, or let's see, that would be HF side, the HF side and how that works and how it's different and, you know, the different levels of the licensing and things like that. And, and then we ran a couple different scenarios which were which were really fun and it allowed everyone to kind of have a role and to check in and to identify we had problems on both scenarios so it gave us a real life opportunity to check and see uh, you know what was going on and I'll tell you one of the things I learned is as we were planning out the operation we had a primary and a secondary um frequency that we would be working on. And in the second scenario, one of the batteries on one of the mobile radios actually went out. So we weren't able to get a hold of them. We thought, well, maybe they switched over to the other frequency. And so just having multiple people with both the primary and the secondary frequency and knowing which one was primary and which one was secondary or alternate and having enough people where I could stay on the primary channel and listen to see if they checked in and someone else could switch over to the secondary channel, you know, cause you can imagine like, okay, I switched to the secondary channel and they key up on the primary channel and then I switch and then they switch over to the secondary channel. You know, like you could see with one-on-one -on -one communication, how that could create a problem. And so it, it really even made me think, okay, as we get to the point on the homestead of utilizing some VHF communications, even having everyone on the same plan, here's our primary, here's our secondary. When we switch to secondary, here's the process and all of those things. Knowing that, I think I know it well enough to where I can actually teach it to my wife and kids. And so I think that's a big deal you know, coming out of a class like that where I had zero foundational knowledge. I had held a walkie-talkie before, and that was about it. And being able to come out with so much knowledge that I really feel like I can actually teach the relevant parts of the course to my wife and kids is huge. So we did that Thursday and Friday. Also on Thursday, when the class was over with, I went out to Toolman Tim's uh, property. So Tim Cook from, from the workshop. Uh, he has a property that's about 45 minutes from our place, and he had he hosted a workday on uh, Thursday. So they were getting some hip camp campsites set up and building a 
uh, a cabin, you know, to just a little bunkhouse to sleep in and, and things like that. And they had a bunch of people come in, worked about a half day and then hung out. And so we got to get there over there for the hangout portion, which was fun. Uh, seeing some people that actually weren't going to be going to SRF that literally came in for that event and, and having an opportunity to meet them was great. And then after the Friday class, you know, then people are actually coming in to get camp set up for SRF. And we actually camped inside our Ford Excursion, so we can fit a full or a queen size futon mattress in there. And so we slept uh, there, Don and I. But, you know, Friday night, as people are coming in, we get this big fire pit going, and we're hanging out and talking to everyone. And I think I went to bed at like 1 or one thirty, something like that. No, I take that back. I think I went to bed at about 12.30 the first night. I went to bed early. So Friday night, staying up, just as I think I'm getting ready to go to bed, a guy shows up that was literally there from Hawaii. He came in to Tennessee for the Self-Reliance Festival from Honolulu. And that was cool because we had just been in Hawaii and, you know, we'd been kicking around the idea of maybe trying to buy a little small property there almost as a bug out location. And so I got some insight from him. He said, you know, A, probably not a good idea because if it gets to the point where you need to bug out and you're on the island, the natives might throw you in the ocean. And B, prices are still a bit high. He, he, he suggested waiting a year or two. Uh, because he believes that prices are going to come back to, to, you know, to earth or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it was really interesting. He's a solar guy, just like we are. So that was also fun kicking some ideas, uh, off his, uh, head and, and hearing some of the things that he had to say about, you know, solar energy. So then Saturday was day one. You had uh, Nicole sauce speaking, you had John Willis speaking, you had Jack Spearco um, you had several other, they had a women of homesteading panel. Uh, so that was cool. And then over on the secondary stage, you had a ton of different, uh, you know, presentations. I'm really looking forward to be able to watch the ones that I missed on the digital pass. And, uh, so anyways, just good stuff. I really enjoyed Jack's presentation about AI and how you can use it in your business to make you more effective. You know, I think he said he pays something like 40 bucks a month, for something that gains him literal hours per month of work. And so, you know, when you're at the level of Jack's podcast, $40 for a half hour is probably a good trade-off, much less for, you know, tens up to, as many as tens of hours a month. So I thought that was crazy and, and interesting. And I'm actually going to implement some of his ideas once we get our studio done. And it's a little bit more of a process when we are going through getting our podcast out. So then the next uh, day, so then Saturday night fire pit, whew, that was intense. Then that was the night I was up till about one thirty. Uh, it was again, just, just every, all of these people, I met new people that I hadn't met Friday night that I'd look, had come in and set up camp on Saturday and, you know, just tons of great people, like-minded people that are doing similar things or different things that, that are close enough to where we can actually glean some of their experience and apply it. Uh, so just a really, really great time. And we also had an impromptu bourbon tasting event there. So had several different people that had brought bottles of bourbon. And we used to have an actual bourbon tasting club here in, in Tennessee uh, that I was one of the catalysts for getting started after I, w I attended one in Texas with a customer one time. And 
had some really good bourbon, so that was nice. Uh, there was live music Saturday night, and uh, so we got to see a couple bands play. Uh, just just a really well one one guy, you know, singer songwriter type of guy, and then an actual band. Uh, so that was cool. And then of course onto the fire pit until, until one thirty in the morning. So Sunday rolls around and I could not believe it, but I was not hung over Sunday morning. <laughs> I expected to be, uh, going to bed at one thirty, And like I said, I think the bourbon tasting started around six ish. And so going to bed at one thirty and getting up at about eight to get ready for the, the day's activities. Uh, one of the other really cool things that happened was that they butchered a pig uh, on site. So the guy actually walked through, his name is Kyle, and he runs a site called Backwoods Butcher. And he he walked through how to break down a pig into its individual components. And so I thought that was really neat. And then they ended up smoking the pig. So we had a little bit of that smoked pork for dinner Sunday. But Sunday, the, the headliner was Joel Salatin from Polyface Farms. And... He did a, a, a presentation, I almost said sermon. <laughs> he did a presentation on disconnecting from the quote unquote system, you know, disconnecting from the parts of the system that are not really there to support you, but to make you more dependent on other parts of the system. And I thought it was really, really great. It tied right in with the whole self-reliance concept and theme and I really thought that, you know, I listening to Joel, I tell you what, I had a different perception of Joel. I read The Omnivore's Dilemma, Dilemma in probably, I don't know, 2010, uh, saw Food Inc. with him, became a huge fan with between those two things, uh, bought most of his books. The book You Can Farm was just a fantastic book for me and you know, my process. I never became a full-time farmer, but for a little while I thought maybe I wanted to. Uh, but it really did, it, it broke that barrier of, can I do this? Like, can I even grow my own eggs, you know, or chickens for eggs? And I, You Can Farm was the ripcord, so to speak, because uh, I was already into prepping pretty good by then. And it was, you know, beans, bullets, and Band-Aids, right? You bought stuff and you stored it for the apocalypse, right? And reading You Can Farm really changed my thought process around, oh, well, we can grow a lot of our own food on our own property. And and here's how. I mean, it's literally just here's how you do it. Here's how you build the chicken tractor and here's how you move it and here's how you build the waters and the feeders and every every everything, so just uh, just fantastic to, that coming full circle and being able to meet Joel and interact with him and talk to him a little bit. And he, you know, he's America's farmer, right? Everyone, most everyone that's interested in farming knows who Joel Salatin is. And it, it was, he's just the most down to earth guy, which of course he is. He's a freaking cattle farmer, right? But you build people up on a platform sometimes when when you when they influence you that much, and so yeah, getting to hang out with him and and uh, talk to him a bit was really neat. So then there was some other presentations that were really good on Sunday. Uh, Louise Milliman did a presentation about off grid living, and you know she came to it a very very different way than we did. Uh, there was a presentation on hempcrete, which I thought was great. 
you know, unfortunately, I think it's just going to be too expensive at this point for it to be viable. Uh, you know, because look, the reality is, is that people want good, well-insulated, healthy homes, but there's not a big, you know, drive towards, I don't know how to best to say it. There's just not a huge drive towards spending 50% more on your property to get less performance, right? And until that system really starts to 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 get <coughs> what would the word be? mature? Yeah, that that's it. Until that system begins to mature, I just don't see the the benefit, you know. The guy was talking about you know, the feedstock is a waste product from the CBD industry. And it's like, great, but you can't get it. You can't find anywhere that processes it. You know, it's just, it might be, it might be a great opportunity for someone that's in Colorado or in California that has easy access to that stuff. But in Tennessee, we're just not quite there yet. Uh, Most of the Southeast is still kind of anti-hemp, and there's just not any any facilities for processing that are kind of set up. I think it's a great idea. I love the thought process. I love the idea that you can use a natural product that outperforms a lot of other products across a lot of different spectrums. But it's kind of like a straw bale thing. You can't get it wet. You know, you, you have to protect it from, uh, you know, from getting wet. And it just doesn't, it's, it's not as high a performer as a lot of other things. So I'll just leave it at that. I'm super excited about it. I just think we're really early and I'm, I l- would love to hear a lot more about it, but again, we're just really early. And so, uh, then, you know, Sunday after two late nights and a really, really long kind of week and a half with all the travel in Alabama and Florida and Georgia and all that stuff, I was ready to kick it early in this. And I did, I think we were in bed by eight 30 uh, of course, that led to waking up at like four o'clock. <laughs> so up early Monday, uh, got, you know, walked around the property a bit while it was quiet. So that was nice. And then Monday morning, we start the chicken processing workshop led by Joel Salatin. And honestly, here was my expectation. My expectation was that Nicole Sauce and Chef Brett Corrieri would do most of it. And, and Joel would kind of like chime in with some very specific pieces. That was not how it went at all. Joel ran the whole lecture part, even to going so far as to take a whiteboard and going down to the per chicken cost for all the different inputs talked about how, you know, how he does it, where he is, is it going to be a little bit different? We don't, we're not going to be buying enough feed for 20,000 birds in bulk. So our feed cost per bird is probably going to be a little bit higher, but he tells you this is how many pounds a bird eats in its lifetime. So you just multiply that times whatever your per pound feed cost is and on and on and on. I mean, it was just great, great information on the lecture side of here's how you do a chicken operation. And Oh, by the way, here's why chicken is a great place to start. If you're going to do your own farm. The turnaround is quick. They're easy to deal with. You don't need a whole lot of special infrastructure to do it. And anyways, I won't go super deep into into the actual presentation other than to say he did a fantastic job, answered every question that was asked. Then we go over <coughs> to the actual processing area. And I'm th- again, I'm thinking he's going to be there kind of as the superintendent, right? Not really getting his hands into anything. Nope. 
He rolls his sleeves up. He kills the first chicken. He plucks it. He actually the first two chickens. He he scalds them himself by hand. He plucks them, you know, in the plucker. There was a weather weather weatherman, I think, or weather weather something, uh, or featherman. That's what it is. A featherman uh, plucker that worked great, by the way. He showed you here's what you want to look for in terms of pulling on the feathers or the skin or whatnot. He goes through the whole process of of taking from literally a live bird in a cage to carcass ready for processing. And then he takes a knife out, takes it over to a table and processes the whole thing all the way down to in the ice bath. Uh, I, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because I guess if someone was coming to my place and I would show them the whole thing, but I guess I was also, I, I was surprised even though I probably shouldn't have been. Uh, that here's America's farmer out here, literally, you know, processing a chicken from live chicken all the way to it's in the ice bath and resting. And tomorrow we can cut it into parts and, and, and eat it, you know? Uh, and also his process, the way he described it was, you could tell here's a man who has probably dispatched a million birds in his lifetime. And he's taught people a hundred thousand times, you know, it's just, he knows what he's maybe not a hundred thousand times, but a thousand at least. Um, you know, he's been doing this for nearly forty years, and and they've been big enough for a long time to have a lot of help on the property. And of course, how do you get help to be helpful? Well, you teach them, teach them what you're doing. And so that whole process was great. Uh, then we go out, we go to so we go, we all go through. Everyone processes their birds. Um, I've done this several times before, so I was able to actually to able help out because they only had, you know, f- or they had five tables, but they only had two kind of instructors, uh, two, because, you know, at that point, Joel was talking to the people that weren't in the middle of the process, the people that wanted to do some Q and a straight up with him. And, you know, so we go through that. I was able to help out there. I had my processing partner and we did our bird. And then at the end it was, you know, Chef Brett is, okay, here's how you break it down. Here's how you butterfly the bird. Here's how you actually debone the bird. And I even asked him, I said, so, you know, if we were going to do a turducken, how would you do it? And so he's like, okay, here's how you debone a bird. And I couldn't believe it. I was not, I was kind of making a joke, but he's, he went through the whole process. Uh, then all the way down into how to vac seal it, you know, what to look for, how to do it properly, what problems you will have if you don't do it properly, you know, anecdotal evidence, all this stuff. It was just absolutely fantastic. So if you want to learn about radios, find Evan Dixon at RadioMadeEasy.com and sign up for one of his classes when he's close to you. If you want to learn about chicken processing, go to one of Nicole and Chef's chicken processing workshops. Look, Joel Salatin was just the icing on top of the cream, on top of the cake, you know. Uh, and it was, it was, it was really, really awesome to see him there, but Nicole and Brett know what they're doing. And that was very obvious, you know, that they've, they've, you know, run multiple of these before. So she does hers in Smithville or close to Smithville, Tennessee. And, uh, so if you wanted to come in for that, it's like a day, a day deal. And I don't know when she's going to do her next one. I'm not getting any sort of affiliate commission or anything else. I'm just telling you, if I didn't know how to process a chicken, that's the class I would want to go to, to learn. Uh, and, and then, you know, if you're into self-reliance or you just feel like, Hey, 
you should you should grow some more of your own food or you should start your own side hustle or any of the other dozens of topics that get talked about at these things. Uh, it's worth coming to learn, but it's really worth coming to meet the people, to build the community. And, you know, I, I got to hang out with 600 of my closest friends uh, for two days, which you can't beat that. So um, that's my after action report. It was great seeing everyone. I'm not going to go by name, all the people that I was able to catch up with, because I know I'd, I'd leave someone out. Uh, but it was a fantastic time, and and the next one's in April, so I probably will have an affiliate code uh, for the April workshop, or rather the April uh, Self Reliance Festival. Uh, so all you listeners, if you're interested in coming out and you want to meet up, we can definitely do that, and we can, um, you know, you guys can follow my link so that they know that there's some people coming there uh, being driven for my audience. So with that, I'll shut it down for the day. Uh, Today's a Wednesday. I, I would say by the end of the week, we're going to have 100% of the Kickstarter packages in the mail. So if you're listening and you're one of the Kickstarter backers and you have not seen anything from us, it's either on the way or it will be by the end of the week. We've gotten a bunch of packages out. And like I said, the last ones will go out this week. And with that, I'll shut it down. So if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email me at Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at hackmyhomestead.com. And we'll talk to you next time.